and is in many ways an effective stand-in for the experience of the other minority groups. Tibetans have long been treated as second-class citizens, deprived of basic opportunities, rights, and legal protections that Han Chinese enjoy, albeit in a country where the rule of law is inconsistent at best. The central government consistently denies Tibetans the high degree of autonomy promised to them by the Chinese constitution and by Chinese law. The state is supposed to protect minority groups' cultural traditions and encourage forms of affirmative action to give minorities a leg up in university admissions and the job market. But such protections and benefits are rarely honored. The state's approach toward the Tibetan language well illustrates this pattern. Although the government putatively seeks to preserve and respect the Tibetan language, in practice, Beijing has sought to marginalize it by insisting that all post-primary education take place in Chinese, and by discouraging the use of Tibetan in business and government. More overt forms of discrimination exist as well, including ethnic profiling. Security and law enforcement personnel frequently single out traveling Tibetans for extra attention and questioning, especially since a wave of protests against Beijing's policies some of which turned violent, swept Tibet in 2008. Hotels in Chinese cities routinely deny Tibetans accommodations. Even those who can pass as Han, since their identity cards designate them as Tibetan. Worse, since 2008, the state has placed new restrictions on Tibetans' civil rights, forbidding them to establish associations devoted to issues such as the environment and education something Han Chinese are allowed to do. Deprivations of that kind are part of a broader, more systemic inequality that characterizes life for Tibetans in China. Andrew Fisher, an expert on Tibet's economy, has used official Chinese government statistics to demonstrate that Tibetans are much less likely to get good jobs than their Han counterparts due to the lack of educational opportunities available to them. Even in Tibetan majority areas, where Tibetans should enjoy some advantage, Tibetans earn lower incomes relative to Han Chinese. It is hard to know exactly what role racism or ethnic prejudice plays in fostering these inequalities, in part that is because it is difficult to generalize about the views of Han Chinese toward Tibetans and other minorities. Just like in the West, public opinion on identity in China is shaped by the ambiguity and imprecision of concepts such as ethnicity and race. Still, it is fair to say that most Han Chinese see Tibetans and other minorities as ethnically different from themselves, and perhaps even racially distinct as well. That was not always the case. In the early 20th century, Chinese intellectuals and officials talked about Tibetans and Chinese as all belonging to the yellow race, By the 1950s, however, such ideas had gone out of fashion, and Mao Zedong's government launched a project to categorize the country's myriad self-identifying ethnic groups with the aim of reducing the number of officially recognized minorities. The fewer groups there were, the easier they would be to manage, the government hoped. This had the effect of creating clearer lines between the various groups and also encouraged a paternalistic prejudice toward minorities. 
Han elites came to see Tibetans and other non-Han people as, at best, junior partners in the project of Chinese nation-building. In the future, most Han elites assumed, such groups would be subsumed by the dominant culture and would cease to exist in any meaningful way. This view was partly the result of Maoist tenets that saw class consciousness as a more powerful force than ethnic solidarity. Racism with Chinese Characteristics Perhaps the most striking aspect of contemporary racism and ethnic prejudice in China is its continuity with the past. Throughout the many convulsions China has experienced in the past century, there has never been a watershed moment or turning point in Chinese thinking about race and ethnicity. And regardless of communism's putative colorblindness,